Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives Season 18, Episode 4, A Deal with the Devil. The episode opens with Cody recounting the fight he had with Janelle 10 days ago. Poor context, he says he was triggered over and over and over. According to him, he may not have done right, but he was angry as hell. He's a victim, guys. It's okay, he gets angry. He was triggered, Janelle triggered him. So his bad behavior, his disrespect of Janelle, his condescending tone, his words were all okay because he was triggered, guys. So his bad behavior isn't his fault. Janelle just made him angry. It's her fault. Cody was triggered, so his bad behavior is not his fault. He's not responsible for his actions, for his words. The coward hasn't talked to Janelle since the fight, and he doesn't know when he'll talk to her. Janelle is really upset, and it looks like this scene with her during this episode was filmed just right after the fight, and she says she knows what Cody said to her. She knows what Cody yelled at her in the car the other day. He said, choose me or choose your kids, Choose your loyalties or you won't have a husband. Good riddance. What woman wants a husband who can't stand that the mother of his children would prioritize their kids ahead of themselves or their husband? The kids, no matter what age, should always be the priority to a mother and also to a father. But Cody is jealous of the attention his kids get from their mom. It's creepy and he's demanding as if if she prioritizes her kids, it means she's not loyal to him as her husband. Cody wanted Janelle to kick her sons out during the pandemic. That's bullshit. And because Janelle didn't do that, Cody feels like Janelle is disloyal to him. Cody puts his ego, Cody puts his control over his kids. His need for power is more important than his kids. His ego, him feeling like a hero, like he's the big man in charge, is more important than his kids. That's bullshit. The kids should always come first. But obviously, we see Cody's behavior. To Cody, his kids don't come first. Cody seems to see his kids as his enemies and it's weird as fuck. It's weird as fuck to put yourself like you're not on the same team as your children because they won't allow you to control them and the wife won't be demanded to to kick out her kids or to give more priority and more attention to the husband than the kids when the husband is behaving in an unhinged way. It's like Cody is threatened by his kids. It's very weird. It's very weird. Janelle feels like Kotex is just looking for ways to get rid of her. And so she doesn't know if this is fixable. And she says Cody acts like she has done him wrong. And Janelle thinks Cody has played favorites for a long time. Now, she says Robin lives the way Cody wants to run his family. So Janelle guesses Cody will just write off all of his kids, all of his other kids. That was very telling. Janelle sees the clearly different investment levels and treatment between the favorite wife's kids 
and her kids or any of the other kids in the family. And Cody is willing to just write off the existence of his whole family for this other family, the favorite wife and her kids. And I mean, we see that with the small glimpse we get through the TV show. Cody always refers to his kids with Janelle or his kids with Christine as her kids, Christine's kids, Janelle's kids. It's never our kids or my kids. The only kids I've ever seen Cody take ownership of are Robin's children. He calls them my kids or our children. But Janelle's kids, Christine's kids, he never refers to them as my kids or our kids. They're Christine's kids. They're Janelle's kids. He distanced. He cuts them off because they're inconvenient, because they're not easy, because Cody, his ego, in my opinion, feels very threatened by his kids. No thanks. Cody just doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't want to be a plural husband anymore. Cody says that he and Janelle spent months building up to this big fight they just had, and he feels like it's just one betrayal after another. And he says he isn't looking for mea culpas or an apology. He just wants to have a civil discussion. It's very interesting how Cody always uses the word betrayal. He was betrayed. When he is the one who betrayed Janelle in so many ways. He betrayed Janelle by neglecting her kids, by asking her to choose between their kids or him, by asking her to become more loyal, by asking her to change herself or become more obedient, like the perfect angel Robin for him to invest in the marriage. He betrayed Janelle by refusing to hear her voice. He betrayed Janelle by disrespecting her and refusing to have her back. He also betrayed her by refusing to have her back and reciprocate for her sacrifice financially to the family of a paycheck that she gave to this family for decades. Cody refused to help Janelle pay off the land, knowing full well all of her sacrifice he wasn't willing to reciprocate after all that time. Cody knows for years Janelle's paycheck supported the whole family. Cody also betrayed Janelle by neglecting his kids whenever things weren't going the way he wanted with her in their relationship. When he couldn't control her, he would neglect the kids. Now, Cody lives in a home largely paid for by Janelle, and he doesn't give a fuck that her finances are all tied up in Coyote Pass or that she has nothing to show for all of her decades of work. She has no home. She has no financial security, nothing to leave her kids. She invested in the family for years and she trusted Cody. And Cody doesn't care that she has no home or that she has no financial security. Nell has no financial security and all of her money is tied up right now with other people in the family, with the land. Why is that? For years, she supported the family. She was the primary breadwinner with Cody supplementing her to support this huge family, this huge tribe. She sacrificed to invest in the family and now Cody can't reciprocate and be there for her and be loyal to her when she, as the mother of his kids, needs that. She deserves that. Cody doesn't care about Janelle's financial situation if she were to leave him. Cody doesn't care that Janelle has no home. Cody doesn't care that his kids are hurt and that his sons are neglected. 
So Cody can talk about this betrayal that Janelle did to him all he wants, but he needs to grow some balls and realize he isn't the victim here and maybe he should get some help so he can own his shit. He really seems to have some awesome, amazing, intelligent, responsible kids thanks to the mothers. And it would be sad for him to miss out on all of that amazingness because he doesn't love himself and he's stuck in his mind and trapped in his ego. Now, according to Cody, wallowing in his own self-pity, he is the victim. He is the wronged one. He can give you a laundry list. Christine did A, B, and C to me. Janelle did X, Y, and Z to me. Mary betrayed me. Catfish, catfish. But how many times has Cody fallen short? How many times has Cody betrayed these women? How many times has he abandoned them as a husband or neglected their kids? Cody says that Janelle is just getting so frustrated when he was talking to her that that's the point where she told him to shut the fuck up and that triggered him. And he says when she talks about him being mean, he sees her as being the mean one. I'll tell you what, that shut the fuck up was a lot less mean and disrespectful and condescending than Cody referring to his family, to his wives and kids as the obstacles to his goals in life. Cody wants to basically project and deflect and twist and reframe the narrative that Janelle is the mean one when he was condescending to Janelle the whole time. He was disrespectful. He was immature during that conversation. He raised his voice. He was aggressive. He pointed his finger in her face as if he was scolding her like she was a child. He was disgusting during that conversation with Janelle and he refused to hear her voice. He was just lying and deflecting and using the same usual toxic playbook, the toxic tactics he always resorts to and that didn't work on Janelle and she called him out. When Cody lied, she called out, you're lying, I see your tactic. When Cody manipulated, she called it out that he was being manipulative. She called out that he was trying to push her out, that he gaslit her, and on and on. Cody's balls shriveled up at the end of that conversation and he walked out, he ran away like a coward, slamming the door. He's still hiding like a chicken shit. He still hasn't talked to Janelle since this fight. He wants to play the victim. Wah, wah, wah. Janelle's mean to me. She's the mean one. She's mean. He looks and acts like a toddler in the terrible twos. His bullshit excuses that, well, Janelle's mean. I may not have done right. I was angry. I was triggered by Janelle. So therefore it's okay to treat her like shit. This guy is all excuses. He's no substance. He's full of bullshit and he acts like a pussy. On Christmas, this guy couldn't call his daughter Savannah, and he couldn't invite her when Christine's kids were over at Robin's. Why? Why did Cody neglect and ignore Savannah? My thoughts are that Cody is a coward, and he has issues with Janelle, Savannah's mom, and he thinks it's cute to take that out on his kids. When the relationship's Cody has with his children's moms and the state of those relationships has nothing to do with the relationship with your kids. Punish the mom because you are having a fight with them by ignoring the child. That's disgusting behavior. Savannah doesn't deserve that. That's emotionally abusive. 
That's very fucked up. And Cody knows it'll be inconvenient because there are hard feelings probably between he and Janelle and Savannah might have hard feelings and he doesn't want to address it. It's inconvenient. So he just wants to ignore. How is that fair to Savannah? She doesn't get to pick who her father is. Doesn't she deserve more as a human being and as a daughter than to be ignored on Christmas because Cody's fifis are hurt and he's having trouble with the mother? What is that? Cody could have been a man and he could have called Savannah, but Goldilocks fell short. A real man would have called his kid regardless of the state of the relationship with the mother. Why is Cody making his kid pay by acting like they don't exist? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's gross. He wants to make a big show of taking Aurora, a freaking adult, to pierce her ears. It's Creep City. He can't go to Isabel's surgery. He can't remember Gabe's birthday. He can't call Savannah on Christmas. If a kid isn't easy, if they don't treat him like a hero, if they won't cook ego feasts for him, then he feels like that's an excuse to check out and be an absent father. If he's fighting with the mother, he feels like that's an excuse to be an absent father and to not try and build those relationships with his kids. Why are his kids having to pay for his anger towards his wife? I don't think the kids deserve that. Why do they deserve that? That's very selfish and that's very immature. That's not how a real man acts. Janelle is really depressed and she says never in a million years did she think that she would get herself into this position. And she says, choose me or choose my children. And Janelle asks, who would say that? And she says, and now Cody has flipped and said it's all her fault. Now, Janelle rarely cries. And this may be one of the first times we see her cry on the show. Now, Janelle is in tears. She's devastated. She's exasperated. She looks heartbroken and she feels betrayed, I think. Now, Janelle isn't the heart on your sleeve type. She shares her feelings, but she is very practical. She's very rational. She isn't into dramatics. She doesn't do crocodile tears. And here Janelle is and she's crying and they're genuine tears and she is hurt. She is frustrated. Here she is and she's crying on the show and I'm really not sure we've ever seen her cry like this. As a viewer, because Janelle showing a lot of crying or deep emotions is rare, seeing Janelle cry was really sad. You could see the emotional pain that this woman is in because she gave everything to this guy. She gave everything to this family and now she doesn't trust that he will do the right thing the good thing, the fair thing by her. 
and she worked so hard to keep the family afloat. She did everything she could financially for this family. And now she needs a lifeboat if she wants to leave this clown. And she's not the legal wife. And she knows in her heart of hearts, Cody will hang her out to dry. He doesn't care. He won't reciprocate. He won't do right by her. And she knows she doesn't have a legal leg to stand on. And she is not in the eyes of the law, Cody's wife. And this sucks. She knows Cody will screw her as he sleeps perfectly fine next to the goblin in the goblin's lair that Janelle paid for largely. Cody wants to mention betrayal. That's betrayal. But Cody wants to speak on his betrayal, on the way he was wronged, on the ones who betrayed him, his hurt fifis. Janelle says she doesn't recognize this man. She doesn't know who this guy is. And Janelle says maybe this is always who Cody always was. She doesn't know, but now she is stuck. She's stuck financially and she has nothing. Janelle points out Christine had the house and she has nothing. And Janelle says her name is on the property with everybody else. And she says probably now no one will cooperate to pay the land off. Janelle can't believe that she's 50 and she can't just do her own thing because she is so tied up with the family financially. Janelle can't do anything. She's stuck. And she can't believe she got herself into this position. She asks, how dumb is that? And she says, she knew better. She did it anyway. I don't think Janelle is dumb. I think Janelle believed in the family. See, Cody's first three wives, Mary, Christine, and Janelle, they all prioritized the family ahead of everything else. And she really, I'm sure all of them really wanted to see the family and believe in the family and see it back together again and functioning well. Of course, you're going to have hope for that. So I don't think she was dumb. You have a hard time believing that something you knew for so long is gone forever and you're never going to be able to get it back on track. I don't think she was dumb. This is her family. She wanted to believe in it. It's very easy for us to see from the outside everything, but when you're in something, you're not going to see things as you would from the outside or as you would in hindsight while you're in it. So also any partner, any guy you're with, any partner you're with who has an issue with you prioritizing your kids over them, anyone who doesn't prioritize their own kids over themselves and you, that's a huge red flag. When you bring people into this world and you combine your energies and you create a soul, that person you made should come before you, should come before your partner. And it should be the same for your partner. If anyone gets jealous or feels threatened or has issues or asks you to pick between kids or the partner or to prioritize me or them, that just shows you their consciousness level and their ego and their selfishness and their priority and their personality issues, their priority is always going to be to themselves. And that's a huge red flag. It's natural. It's instinctive to put your child first and to want them first ahead of you, ahead of everything. So if someone doesn't have that natural instinct to the point where they want to prioritize themselves or they want to be prioritized ahead of their child, then that's a problem and that's a no-go. In my opinion, Cody's need to feel like he has control, Cody's need to uphold his ego, his need to feel powerful and important, 
like the most important person in anyone's world, more important to his wives than the lives he brought into this world with these women, that shows you that Cody doesn't have that natural instinct towards his kids. He loves himself over them. He loves himself. His ego comes before them. And that's gross. That's a deal breaker. And, you know, in Becoming Sister Wives, Janelle really drove home the point that what she saw in Cody, she watched the way he interacted with his family members. She felt like he would be an involved, loving, fun, engaged father. And she really, really wanted a strong father figure. It was important to her when she had kids. That was a very important thing for her. So to see Cody act like this, I mean, I'm sure it's a huge deal breaker for her. Next, it's Christmas Eve over at Mary's house with Robin, Kotex, and Robin's kids. Mary says that everything this year is so weird and she feels stuck in the middle. And Cody says Christmas Eve isn't as Christmassy as it should be and he's not in the Christmas spirit. Nell is doing her Christmas Eve and Christine is doing her Christmas Eve as well with her kids in Salt Lake. Christine is really excited for a chill, easy, quiet time without a ton of presents. Now I'm sure you guys remember from the past Christmases we've seen where all the Browns are together, we have seen that it took them all damn day to get through all the presents for all of the kids and all the wives and the whole family. So Christine is very excited not to do Christmas with everybody. She wants her easy, quiet Christmas, just hanging out, having a good time, having good food, playing games. In Flagstaff, Janelle is cooking with Gabe on Christmas Eve. Janelle hasn't talked to Cody since he walked out the door that day, since he slammed it. There have been zero texts, no communication from Cody. Cody also hasn't communicated at all with Savannah. She doesn't deserve this. Cody neglecting Savannah, ignoring her because he is pissed at Janelle is some fuck shit. It's not fair to Savannah. She did nothing for her father to ignore her. But Cody seems to think that he is punishing the mom that he isn't good with by neglecting the kids. And He does this based on the states of the relationships he has with the moms. The states of the relationships he has with the mothers should not determine the way Cody, as a father, treats and interacts with his kids. That's really fucked up. Cody's kids don't deserve that. Now, Janelle hasn't talked to her kids yet about the argument she had with Cody. And she asks why, why she would do that. Janelle says they take their marriage covenants very seriously in their faith. And Janelle is stuck and she doesn't want Cody back. She knows that much. But she can't just walk away because her faith doesn't allow her to say that they are done. So Janelle packed Cody's stuff and he hasn't come to pick it up. So Janelle put it in her storage. And if Cody doesn't get it after a while, she just might toss it. She could get a pretty penny for that Made in Gina hair follicle booster spray. She should sell that on eBay. Gabe explains that the last two years have been hard and Savannah says that they were a big family and now they're kind of separate. Gabe maintains a happy relationship with most of his family and he feels they have kept the door open when some haven't. Garrison says they reached out and they tried to be open but they were neglected and overlooked for offenses they believe to have happened that never did happen. Janelle's kids need to go work for the UN or something. They are very diplomatic, very diplomatic. The way they articulated things was done in such a way where 
They said what they needed to say without having to say it in any type of way that could be interpreted as disrespectful. I thought that was beautiful. There's no way to twist it for those people who might want to twist it for a narrative. Janelle's kids basically in the most respectful way possible were saying, in my opinion, that their dad and possibly even Robin, that they aren't open to them, that they've been neglected and overlooked by Cody because Cody believes they were disrespectful when they weren't. Cody's kids feel hurt. They feel neglected. They feel abandoned by Cody. And Cody's response is to be a coward and make excuses. Cody tries to turn it around and play the victim like he is the victim of his kids. That's how shriveled up Cody's balls are. This is insane. It's insane. Cody says the idea that they wanted to connect with Robin and her kids or that he and Robin are rejecting them, that isn't true. So basically, he's calling his kids liars to save face for his own optics. Again, yet again, he comes before his kids. According to Cody, he reached out to them only to get rejected, and Cody says they aren't being fair. Well, listen, Cody doesn't seem like the most credible guy. Look at what he did when he was talking about custody with Truly with Christine and he was lying to Christine, pulling shit out of his ass about custody laws and we have to make an agreement or Truly's going to be a warden of the state or some bullshit like that and we can't do it in Utah, we have to do it here and coming up with all this bullshit when he's not even really interested. He was just using that bullshit as a bargaining chip, a manipulative tool, leverage. So he came up with this lie about custody laws and threatening, oh, we may need a lawyer and this and that. And he admitted later that he just lied. He made it up. So Cody isn't really very credible. So I don't know what I believe. I definitely don't believe that his kids are being unfair and he reached out to them. God knows what he said if he reached out. God knows what he said when he reached out. Let's start there. I don't even know that he reached out really. Janelle says he hasn't reached out. His kids say he hasn't reached out. He's the only one saying he's reached out. I don't really think so. Over at the Goblin's Lair, it looks like Father Christmas threw up everywhere in that Goblin's Lair. Everywhere you look, there is tacky Christmas shit. Robin started collecting the Dickens Christmas Village because Cody really likes A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Now, <laughs> I laughed at this so much because the parallels between Cody Brown and Ebenezer Scrooge and the lack of self-awareness is a fucking, <laughs> oh my God. Now, Cody says the Dickens story is special for him. He says Ebenezer Scrooge got the lucky shot of seeing what he looked like five years into the future. So Cody wonders, maybe he needs to look five years into his future. That just tickled me. That was not lost on me. I mean, of course, Cody resonates with the Scrooge, the miserly, miserable Scrooge. We learn that Truly knows that she is seeing her dad in a couple of days, but Christine says Truly doesn't really clock what she is missing, but she knows from her other friends with divorced parents that she will get double the presents. You should always focus on the positive. You go, girl. Now, for Christmas Day... Christine is going to McKelty's to hang out. Now, back in Flagstaff, Cody wants everybody off their phones. It's Christmas Eve, but Cody has no Christmas cheer. Cody looks 
constipated like he looks every day anytime they're filming no matter what this guy looks tense you could put him in disneyland and he will still look like he hasn't taken a shit in weeks mary gives all of robin's kids their christmas blankets and cody says that it's probably awkward for mary because this is his home with robin and of course mary pointed out last episode that her home isn't her home with cody it's just her home but she's going to Robin and Cody's home. Cody says that he and Robin have to tone down all of the romantic tension completely. Robin knows that it's very difficult for Mary, and so out of respect, she and Cody are very careful about PDA. Out of respect and love for Mary, Robin likes to be very careful about PDA since Mary and Cody have such a difficult time. Now, Mary says that Cody sucks at lying and he doesn't hide things well. So Mary is very well aware that she's like the third wheel. And she says it's kind of like being the other woman. And she laughs at this. I'm glad she has a sense of humor about it. On Christmas, Cody wants to focus on the people he loves, on the people who are there. Cody is coming at this with a deficit, though. He says his bank account of love... His heart has just been ripped to pieces and he isn't yet in that place and he keeps praying he can get to where he is accepting what has happened. But where they're at right now, where Cody's at, it's let's just put it in a box and it's him doing the best he can to still give everything to his children that are here with him now. So he wants to ignore all of his other children and only focus as usual on Robin and her kids. He wants to neglect all of his other kids to the point where he can't shoot a text or do a quick FaceTime even, not even with Savannah. He just wants to shove it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist. How is that fair to his kids? He can't take two seconds and text or do a quick FaceTime? That's bullshit and his excuses, his heart hurts. What about Savannah's heart? What about Gabe's heart? What about the rest of his kids' hearts? See how Cody puts his feelings and his emotions ahead of everyone else's and his emotions and his feelings and his convenience are the only thing that matters? This has to be incredibly hurtful to his kids. Christine says that this is the first year where she is doing a separate Christmas and Janelle is also doing her separate Christmas and Christine has no clue what the three musketeers are doing for their Christmas. It's now Christmas Day and Mary is en route to Robin's and Mary feels like she and Robin are the only ones even trying to hold this family together. Mary is so frustrated with so many people right now. Robin says this Christmas, unfortunately, it's just going to be Mary, her kids, herself, and Cody and they will make it the best Christmas that it can possibly be. Well, Robin can definitely say that Cody, as a father, was engaged with all of her kids on Christmas. Cody couldn't even make an effort to call Savannah. Who knows what he did with all of his other kids? Robin's kids got attention from Cody as their father on Christmas. All of the other kids didn't get that. Cody couldn't even bother to call because his heart was hurting him. How does he think his kids feel? How does he think their emotions feel when he does this? 
His emotion should not come before the well-being and good, healthy emotions of his kids. Now doesn't expect that they will see Cody. She says it's been a week and a half and Cody hasn't said a thing. He hasn't even called or texted Savannah at all. And she hopes Cody reaches out on Christmas because it's Christmas and this is his daughter and she has done nothing to him to deserve this. I agree. This is so unfair to Savannah. It's unfair to any of Cody's kids who Cody ices out just because he is at odds with the mother and the state of the relationship with the mother. That should not affect the relationship with the children or Cody connecting with his children or reaching out to his children as the father. This is very unfair and it's punishing the child and it's hurtful to the child and it's cruel. What did Savannah do to Cody that warrants him acting like this, acting like she doesn't exist on Christmas? It seems like Cody is pissed at Janelle, so he wants to punish Janelle by hurting Savannah, by ignoring Savannah. And that's bullshit, and that's cruel. So it's Christmas at Robin's, the kids are up, and they're going through their stockings, and Cody got a crazy surprise for the kids. Now, Robin hopes her kids will just lose interest. Cody got the kids scooters, mini bikes, helmets, motorized vehicles, and they're not Robin's favorite things. Cody got these mini bikes for all of his kids with Robin only, and he wants to have fun with his kids on these motorbikes on the property. He clarifies that the dirt bikes aren't expensive. Now, did Cody treat all of his kids equally and did he get the same amount of gifts and the same financial investment level in all of his kids? I would like to know if each of his kids got a gift that was around the same as what Robin's kids got. That's what's fair. Whether you're at odds with the child or at odds with the child's mom, you still have to be fair across the board with all of your kids in my opinion. Seriously, what did Cody get all of his other kids? Did they each get a dirt bike and a helmet too? Or was it just Robin's kids? Now, Dayton comments that they look like redneck scooters. Robin thinks it's dangerous and she wonders if Cody was maybe trying to compensate with these bikes instead of the kids focusing on the fact that the family isn't all together. Like Cody is saying, look at this, look at this over here. Instead, to compensate for what they are missing here since the family isn't all together. So Cody wants to compensate and distract Robin's kids from the fact that the family is in shambles. And he wants to make sure Robin's kids are okay. But how concerned is Cody with making his other kids feel okay and safe and happy and loved despite the mess? What has Cody done to make his other kids feel okay to help them heal? For fuck's sake, I mean, this guy couldn't even call Savannah on Christmas. That's how concerned he was with making sure all of his kids felt loved by him and felt good and felt okay about this, despite the situation in the family dynamic. Robin's kids got dirt bikes because Cody wanted to distract them. He wanted to make sure they were okay. But Cody couldn't even call Savannah. This breakup of the family affects all of Cody's other kids way more than it affects Robin and her kids. Robin has a full-time husband. Her kids have a full-time father. This is bullshit. Janelle has her boys and Savannah in Flagstaff at the vacation rental, and Janelle feels overwhelming relief this Christmas. 
But there is still a sadness that Cody isn't showing up for his kids and he isn't showing up for Savannah. Janelle says for the last 30 years, she has celebrated Christmas as a family. The big Christmases were fun and she misses that. But this Christmas feels good. It's peaceful and it's joyful. Janelle told her kids that she and their dad had a bad fight. And Janelle says she told them they weren't coming back from this fight. And the kids weren't surprised. Janelle says her kids observed her relationship with Cody for years. And her kids thought maybe it was time for their mom to do something different. The kids thought maybe it was time for their mom to maybe find something better. Janelle still hasn't heard from anybody here in Flagstaff family-wise on Christmas, meaning no one texted her from Cody's camp in the family. Cody says Janelle had already decided that she was doing a separate Christmas, and after the fight, there was nothing there. So Cody didn't see the point. He says Janelle was just as absent as he was. Cody says he has compartmentalized Janelle and Janelle is out of sight, out of mind for now because it's Christmas. Cody says this is a struggle, but his loyal wife and her children, and he says we, we want something special. So Cody is blocking everything else out for today. Yeah, so Cody must not have called or texted Savannah or his other kids on Christmas because it was just too much of an imposition on him and his shop lady and her kids enjoying their special day. That would cut into the enjoyment to just send a text to recognize the other lives he created on Christmas. Cody couldn't bother to do that. It would mess with the joy and the enjoyment of his day with his loyal wife and her kids, and they're something special. What a dick. Next, we learn just how ignorant Cody is and that Cody has zero culture. He mentions that they're having crepes for breakfast. I love crepes. I've had them in France. I used to visit there every summer. Crepes are French food, of course. Cody has no culture. I doubt he's been anywhere but maybe Mexico from the show. So Cody's explanation of crepes is that they look like tortillas, but they are not, and that's not accurate. They look like tortillas, but they're nothing like tortillas. Cody explains crepes as they are more French, less Mexican. I just want to clarify that a crepe and a tortilla are two completely different things. They look alike. They don't taste the same. They are not similar. Cody explains his crepe as a burrito that's French. Crepes eaten the right way, they are not eaten like burritos at all. Cody sounds very culturally ignorant when he speaks. Cody goes on that they've managed to get their family through the holidays and it was an isolating experience. And he laments that he is in this bad place with Janelle, Christine is gone, and he doesn't even know what to do with Mary. He says even with Robin, he feels like he has been a grouch for two years. All he does is complain. I'm in a bad place with Janelle. Oh, Christine is gone. She left me. I don't know what to do with Mary. He's all over the place, all over the place, always complaining, always. I honestly don't know that I've ever, ever, ever seen a man whine as much as Cody whines. I have never seen that. 
I have never seen that much whining. So next, Cody and his dear friend Nathan are going for a drive so that Cody can talk to him freely about his own advice and his experience being a polygamist going through a divorce. Nathan's wife and Mary are sisters, and that's how he and Cody are brother-in-laws and friends. Now, Cody says the weirdest thing he is experiencing is he is going through a divorce and he still has a wife he is in love with. In love with or getting his supply from. Nathan says when Cody became public, he wanted to show the world that plural families could be loving and functional. And he says it's a strange thing now how the world gets to watch what happens when plural families break down. So Nathan hopes when people see that they have compassion. Viewers have a ton of compassion for Cody's ex-wives and their kids and the hurt and the suffering and the emotional stress that Cody's behavior causes to them. That's very clear. And I'm sure all of the viewers feel so much compassion for them. I am sure all viewers feel for them when we see the wake of destruction Cody leaves behind with not a care in the world because it would be inconvenient for him to give a fuck or to do the right thing. Cody couldn't even call Savannah on Christmas because he decided he and his loyal wife and her kids wanted a wonderful day. So he just put everyone else out of his mind, out of sight, out of mind, so that he wouldn't be inconvenienced. On Christmas, he couldn't even manage to text or call his kids. Is that why Cody didn't call Savannah? Because it would ruin his wonderful day with his loyal wife and her children? Listen, we all have compassion for the people Cody referred to as the obstacles to his goals in life. 100% compassion. Cody tells his friend that he knows Janelle and Robin are looking at him like they don't know him anymore. And Nathan says there is no getting around that. He says when Beth left him, he was still married to Rebecca. And Nathan says he lived plural marriage before. He had two wives. His second wife decided plural marriage wasn't for her anymore, and she left. And Cody says his friend had an experience that began very positively, and it ended up being very negative. And it took Nathan many years to find an equilibrium. And now he feels more balanced, but it's a new equilibrium. And he isn't the same person as he was before the divorce. Now, Nathan says, until a person has been divorced, you don't know how fundamentally it changes you, how it alters you. Cody says, it's this weird place to be where you had this big family, it's a big thing, and now you've got this small thing. And this small thing you have left, it's not unimportant. It's beautiful, but it's not big like this other thing was. And Cody wonders if he can adjust. He doesn't want to sit and identify as a monogamous, but he wonders, if you are what you do, then what are you when you don't? And he asks, can I be a monogamous? Can I manage this? This is smaller. So because it's smaller... Cody doesn't know if he can do it. So first of all, Cody couldn't manage the big family. He fell short in a myriad of ways. So now Cody is wondering, can I manage a smaller thing? It, listen, it's probably easier to manage less than to manage more. 
But keep in mind, Cody couldn't manage the big family. He won't be able to manage the small one either. He is the problem, and Cody doesn't see that he is the problem. So it's going to be the same thing over and over again with this smaller family. And Cody is worried now because he knows how fragile he is. He knows how his ego is. And he knows now he doesn't get to play favorites. He doesn't get to use the hierarchy of plural marriage to his advantage for his convenience. He can't be pissed at one wife and go to another wife. He has one wife. He has one option and one place to direct the anger. There are no options. There's only one option now. And Cody may soon whittle down his one option to no options with his toxic behavior. Cody's ego and his whole persona were attached to being a polygamist, to having this big family. With a smaller family, he feels, probably in my opinion, like because part of his ego was erected on the fact that he has this big family. He was the husband and the father to this big family. He has the TV show. And now he has just one wife left and her kids. Now he doesn't know who he is or how to get his ego around this, how to get his ego around the fact that he lost part of his identity, that he lost his family through his own hand, through his bad behavior. Now, Cody wondering if he can manage this smaller family he has left, in my opinion, is Cody concerned because him having choices, having the four wives, meant he didn't have to be inconvenienced. If he was in a bad place with a wife, he had other, more convenient options. He didn't have to be inconvenienced. He didn't have to just push through with that wife and make it work. It was on the wife to just keep sweet and to get over it and to tolerate his bullshit and to be convenient if she wanted him to invest with her. And now it's on Cody and he only has Robin. And if she gets pissed, there is nowhere for him to go. He has to be inconvenienced. And Cody is wondering if he can manage that inconvenience, in my opinion. Cody tells Nathan that because he's been through a divorce, he's gone to a place he has never been before. And he says stupid things go through his mind like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I never got married. Cody wishes he could go back in time. And Nathan says he guesses that most divorced men have felt the same. And he tells Cody part of this is his other wives have lost a sister wife too. Nathan points out to Cody his wife lost her sister wife. And he says he was angry and it spilled out all over his wife. And he forgot that she lost her sister wife. And she also lost her childhood best friend. And Cody says it's not just him, the husband, being left. Robin is feeling the ultimate rejection. Please. Robin says that she's dealing with depression and mourning and loss and grieving. And she says it's difficult. It's a heartbreaking, difficult situation for her. Oh, poor thing. Do you guys remember when Robin gaslit the wives by explaining on the TV show that it's not that the wives don't get equal time. Cody's just busy and he's not even really there. And it's not that they don't get equal times. It's just because Cody's busy and then because they're upset with him, they perceive it that way. But it's not that he's not there. Such bullshit.
I get that Robin wanted a good father for her kids and she wanted her kids to feel like they had a stable family after going through that rocky divorce and that relationship with whatever was going on with the bio dad. But she also needs to understand too, I mean, she should feel some guilt and some weight of this. The fact that now she has taken that family and that security and that stability she has contributed to the demise of the family. She has. Ultimately, it's on Cody and his choices, but she and her manipulations and her behavior contributed to this a lot. And she is also responsible, and she should feel the weight of that, that now all of Cody's kids are children of divorce, and all of Cody's wives have left him, and it has a lot to do with Cody's favoritism of her, which she contributed to by enabling... Cody's behavior. She pushed her kids ahead of everyone else's for Cody. And Cody's stupid to have allowed that, but it also wasn't fair to the rest of the family. And ultimately, that was Cody's choice. And Cody needed to be man enough to say no, fair and equal. But she contributed to it. She should feel the weight of that. Robin's kids have security, they have their beautiful family. But how do Cody's other kids feel? How do they feel? Does she think about that and how she contributed to it? Or is she just content that she got what she wanted for herself and her kids? Her kids have what they have at the expense of the whole family. The whole family is destroyed now and she contributed to that alongside Cody. Robin should be heartbroken. She should be heartbroken for Cody's kids, his other kids. Kids that were there before her kids ever came into the picture. Cody says society has been for eons of time saying that any strong man would have more than one woman, whether they're married or not, that that's a common thing, that a strong man has more than one woman. And he says there is something about them in plural marriage for men that they struggle to acknowledge that difficulty that a woman has in plural marriage. And he says you dismiss it. And Cody says... The sacred loneliness is crazy that women have had in the principle. Cody explains it's a term sacred loneliness because in plural marriage, the wife's husband isn't around as much. Of course, it's bullshit. Now, Christine laughs at the term. She's having a ball. She's super tickled by it. Mary hasn't ever heard of the term sacred loneliness and she thinks it's stupid. And Christine asks, like you're supposed to honor the fact that you're lonely? And Janelle says, the idea is that you sacrifice some of your emotional needs because you want to live plural marriage. So now Cody wants to address the loneliness and the struggles and the suffering of his ex-wives that he ignored, that he invalidated for so long, that the husbands dismiss it, they don't acknowledge it. Now he wants to admit that. Do you guys remember Mary's wedding anniversary when Mary and Cody were at Lakai and Mary is sitting there explaining to Cody the feelings she goes through struggling with the courtship of Robin, the jealousy, the emotions, the struggles, and the struggles Janelle and Christine go through. And Cody wouldn't even hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He's saying like she signed up for this, completely ignoring it, not even willing to go there at all, saying that if he would, 
go there, then he would have to make it seem like he was doing something wrong and he would look like a hypocrite because he doesn't feel like he's doing something wrong in the principle. So it's too messy for him to even get into those emotions. He doesn't even like to think about it or put in his mind or be anywhere around it. He won't even, he just dismisses it. He won't even validate it. He won't even try and understand. So Cody has been very aware of his wife's struggles and he invalidated them at every point. He ignored it. He dismissed it. And now he wants to mention it. Mary says she hears Cody talk about how hard plural marriage is on the women. And she thinks really now, now he figures it out. Cody didn't just figure this out now. What he's trying to do is he's trying to angle this on being the issue. It's a problem with the lifestyle. It's a problem with plural marriage. It's a problem with the complexities of plural marriage. That's why this didn't work. It's not because of him. Janelle thinks this idea of sacred loneliness is dumb. I agree, of course. And Robin, of course, the expert in plural marriage, the one who's been a plural wife for so long and has really lived the full experience of plural marriage, really having to understand what it's like to share her husband one quarter of the time. She really understands that, right, guys? She says plural marriage can be lonely, And in her head, it's an opportunity for her to get a relationship with God. For fuck's sake, Robin hasn't been a polygamist wife most of her life. She joined this family and she monopolized most of Cody's time and investment and attention as the favorite wife. She got more than the other wives. So even when Robin lived polygamy for the short amount of time that she did, she still got most of Cody's time as he neglected his other wives and kids. And she wants to now complain, oh, it's lonely, and it gets her closer to God. Okay, wow. As Christine pointed out last episode, Robin really wasn't getting the typical plural wife experience. She got most of Cody's time. She didn't get the typical plural wife experience. So she doesn't even know what it's even really like. Nathan says, for him, plural marriage is about a woman's right to choose who her husband gets to be and who the father of her kids will be. And Nathan says, if the guy happens to be married, so what? The woman still gets to choose. But on the flip side, the woman gets the freedom to leave. Guess what? I have news for you. In monogamy, the woman gets to choose the man she marries and the father of her kids, and she doesn't have to share him, and she can always opt out anytime she wants to, and... Legally, she will be the legal wife. So she gets that protection as well if she wants to be free. If a plural wife wants her freedom, unless she is the legal wife, she has no protection under the law and no financial security at all. So it's not so what if the guy happens to be married, as Nathan puts it. Nathan says what's overlooked in plural marriage is that it can be difficult for the guy too. And he says it's a lot of work and each wife wanted him to be 100% there. It was exhausting and Nathan's wives got a break every other day. He didn't get any breaks. Now, Cody says his wives all agreed that they were going to do this and he says maybe they had more faith in him. Cody says he was tired of hearing about the struggle. How annoying his wives are to complain so much to him about how difficult this is for them to share him with other women. 
That must be such a hardship for him. It's so difficult for him as the man. Nathan says, until you've sat in the seat and been a guy who has had four wives and tried to meet the emotional, spiritual, physical, and mental needs of four women, you don't get it. And he says, there is a hubris that comes with judgment. Listen, Cody signed up for this when he chose to have a plural family. He signed up for marrying these four women and he agreed that he would be able to meet all of those needs for those four women. And he was unable to do that. He was unable to do what he signed up for. And when Cody realized he could not do it, instead of doing this with respect and love and care and dignity, he was neglectful, he was manipulative, he was demanding, he was emotionally abusive, he was toxic to push people away with intention, on purpose, so they would leave him. He intentionally hurt his ex-wives and his kids, and it's unacceptable. And it's just facts. Cody could have done this in a way that caused less pain and less suffering, and he instead took the coward's way out because he didn't want to look like the bad guy. And he inflicted way more hurt and way more pain. And now Nathan is here to tell us not to judge. Oh, have sympathy. Have compassion for Cody. After the way Cody treated his family, again, the family he refers to as the obstacles to his goals in life. Now Cody has more excuses to make. Cody says he courted Mary and Robin, but Christine and Janelle asked him if they could be in the family. And with that ask, Cody says he had special requirements he wanted them to meet for them to come into the family. Cody says the requirements were that there would be other wives and that they would have to be committed to him. Janelle explains that it's improper for a man to be out chasing wives. So it's generally in their culture, a woman approaching the family saying she had a spiritual revelation that she belongs in the family. Janelle says Cody now keeps saying that she and Christine asked to be in the family and that Robin was invited in. And Janelle says it's like somehow because she and Christine asked, they deserve less or they should just be happy with what they got. Janelle says they weren't begging to be in the family. They asked, that's the custom in their culture, and there was a courtship, and then they got married, but they didn't beg. Cody says they had their full choice to be in the family. After they went through this process with them, with the family, they now decided they don't want to be a part of it. I feel like when Cody prioritized Robin and he neglected everyone to prioritize Robin and her kids and he stopped doing things fairly and equally as a polygamist husband across the board and he put all of his focus on the favorite and her kids to the point where he neglected everyone else to the point where he abandoned his wives as a husband and he neglected his kids as a father because they became inconvenient to him. At that point, Cody decided he did not want to be a part of this. He did not want to do this. He didn't want this plural family. He refers to this family, to his ex-wives and their kids, as the obstacles to his goals in life. Now, when Cody prioritized one wife and her household over the others, 
when he stopped doing things fairly and equally across the board, when he stopped holding up his end of the agreements he made to his three ex-wives when he married them, at that point, he decided he did not want to be a part of his plural family. And now he wants to try and flip the script to say they decided they didn't want this. No, sir. Cody decided a long time ago he did not want this when Robin came into the picture. This is on Cody. It's not on Janelle and Christine. They did what they signed up for. Cody did not, in my opinion. Cody says he never foresaw this happening to him. He never foresaw his reaction to this happening. Cody says he was so optimistic about living plural marriage. Everybody seemed happy and they aren't. They aren't happy now. Seeming happy and being happy are two different things. And Cody knew everyone wasn't just happy. We recall Christine saying that she hated polygamy behind closed doors. Janelle had left the family once. So Cody knows everybody wasn't just happy. Cody is heartbroken because nobody is happy now. He feels it was a dream and now it's gone. It's a mess right now. Cody rewrites history and he sees things the way he wants to see them and he idealizes things that were far from ideal and he remembers things, I think, differently than how it happens sometimes because it makes it easier on him so he doesn't have to feel like he is to blame at all. Nathan says they can deny it to themselves, but Robin is in for a ride and any of the other wives who stay with Cody are in for a ride. Robin says they have never had as many problems as they have right now in their marriage. Robin says Cody is suspicious of anybody being disloyal to him and he is directing that now at Robin. And Robin says it's so bad she doesn't even recognize Cody right now. She has never seen Cody like this before. Nathan tells Cody that it's not about throwing out the old battle sword. It's about reforging it into something new and shiny. Anytime Nathan tries to throw out any type of advice, Cody kind of overtalks it and ignores it. And he's just not even, I don't think, hearing anything that this guy is saying to him. Cody ignores what Nathan says and he says he wishes he would have asked Christine why she believes in the principle and he thinks it would be interesting to talk with his ex-wives about what their ideal is about plural marriage now and he wishes he could have asked Christine when he married her why she believed in it. Cody says five years ago he was fighting to keep it together and he asks what has happened to me that has caused me to feel relief when a woman is saying I'm leaving. Again, I'll repeat it like a broken record. Cody said it all when he said a few seasons ago, my family are the obstacles to my goals in life. Cody saw his wives and his kids as obstacles, as barriers to what he wants in life. And he resented them. And he created all of these demands, all of these shifting goalposts, these unattainable hoops for everyone to jump through with the purpose of pushing everyone out because he wants the wives to call it quits so he doesn't look like the bad guy who left first. He feels relief because he wanted this and he was neglectful. 
He was manipulative. He was emotionally abusive to his wives and to his kids. When if he wanted out, he could have done this with care for his kids and his ex-wives. He could have done this with respect and with dignity. Instead, he caused the most suffering he possibly could and he did this the cruelest way possible and the most painful way possible. Cody feels relief when a woman leaves him because he's a dick and he got what he wanted, he's free of his obstacles, and he is still miserable as fuck, and he wants everyone around him to be miserable too, in my opinion. Now says she has had to really think about plural marriage, and she still feels like plural marriage can be lived, she feels there is a purpose for it, and she says despite the fact that she and Cody are having problems, she feels she could live plural marriage again, but she knows that there most likely won't be an opportunity for it again with her. Now, Robin says in her head, this is still something that can work. She says, you just have to find people who are interested. The problem isn't that Cody's ex-wives weren't interested. It's that Cody wasn't interested. Christine acknowledges that there are full functioning plural families. They exist. Scene adds that you have to work together And keep that ideal. You have to keep talking about that ideal to make sure that the ideal grows with the vision of the family. That's a great point. And I think before Robin, Cody, and all of the wives he had, they all prioritized the family. They all shared that vision. When Robin came in and she prioritized Cody and having a father and security for herself and her kids, Cody prioritized her. And Cody's focus became Robin and her kids. Robin was very needy. And when Cody changed his priority from the family to Robin and her kids, the family then stopped functioning. Cody stopped doing things fairly and equally across the board. Mary doesn't think that the fact that their family has fallen apart the way it has is because of polygamy. She thinks it's because of personalities. I found this interesting. I think she is saying in a roundabout way, in my opinion, that Cody's personality is problematic and Cody's issues caused problems. The issue isn't plural marriage. It's Cody's personality and how his personality vibes with everyone else's and Cody's personality issues in general. That's why the family fell apart. And what I recall is the professor on the UNLV panel saying when he surveyed men and women in polygamy, plural marriages, he surveyed polygamists, and they all agreed the success of a plural family mostly depended on the husband's personality type, his character, the kind of man he is. And I don't think Cody's personality type bodes well for polygamy. A polygamist husband has to be kind and compassionate and fair and magnanimous. They have to have a lot of empathy. They can't be selfish. They can't be egotistical. They can't be narcissistic. The plural husband's whole personality can't be centered around his ego and his needs and his selfishness and his need to be coddled. Cody's a taker. He doesn't give unless he needs something or it's convenient. And plural marriage is anything but convenient for all the parties involved. Cody isn't the type of guy who can have empathy or who can even handle one wife, let alone four. And that one wife 
he has, has to now manage him and walk on eggshells all day long. That's hell. I'd bet that's hell. What kind of woman, what woman wants to be married to someone with a toddler's delicate mentality who has no self-awareness, who resents women, who's hateful to women, who has a very fragile sense of self and very bad self-esteem to the point where their whole ego is concocted around having control and having obedience and all this bullshit where you have to tap dance and tiptoe and walk on eggshells just to make them feel like they're in control, that coddle them, constantly give them attention as if they're a toddler and if they don't get exactly what they want, they throw a tantrum which then trains you to comply and be compliant to avoid having any type of breakdown or anger or emotional upset. It's bullshit. It probably feels like walking through hell, especially when you have kids to raise. Mary thinks that Cody regrets marrying Christine, and she doesn't know where Cody is with Janelle, but Mary believes 100% that Cody regrets marrying her. Mary says she knows Cody regrets marrying her. I honestly really felt bad for Mary when she said that because you can tell, obviously, Mary really loved Cody. She adored Cody and she was loyal to Cody and he was probably her first and only real romantic love. So to hear that, I'm sure it's incredibly heartbreaking to feel and to internalize that. Can't even imagine. Cody thought that he handled the divorce better. He thought he could handle it better. He thought he could meditate through it, but Cody says he isn't meditating. His prayers are weak, they're faithless, and he's really struggling now with his own benevolence. He wants to be a dick for a little while. Now, Cody is not self-aware, so he probably doesn't realize this, but Cody has been a dick for more than the last five seasons, if not more. Does Cody just think that now he's just starting to be a dick now because it's been going on season after season on repeat. Cody says in confessional that he wants to grow horns right now so bad. He wants to say mean things. He wants to be a jackass. It's this urge for him to be the asshole she says he was. This guy has zero self-awareness. He doesn't realize he actually is the asshole. He actually is the villain that his wives, ex-wives say that he is. Just look at his behavior. Look at the way it makes other people around him feel. Look at the damage and the hurt that he actually causes emotionally to his kids, to his ex-wives. And tell me he doesn't realize he's being an asshole. He has to be just so far removed from reality to not see that. That just shows you that he only can see himself, he puts himself first, he can't see anything else, and he has no empathy or understanding for other people. Cody, really, he has no self-awareness that he has been a dick face. Everyone knows who he is and how he is. He's acted this way for seasons. And if all we see is a fraction of his actual behavior, imagine how bad this guy really acts in real life behind closed doors. Now, Nathan tells Cody that he will have to face the darkest parts of himself. And Cody says he's doing that and he doesn't like who he is. And Nathan tells Cody that he will stare at the man in the mirror and he'll find out 
how big the horns are. Nathan tells Cody there were things he thought he never thought he could think, and he thought them. And Cody agrees. He says, dude, yeah, it's heavy. It's a thick drive inside him. And Cody says he has a gremlin inside him, one of the deepest temptations he has ever had in his entire life was to sit down and stop trying to be good. Cody says it's happening to him now and it's devastating. He says there is this urge deep inside him. He is fighting it. It's ugly. It's sinister. And Cody says it's the wolf you want to starve, but that urge is there to do it, to just be mean as hell. This monster has gotten in him and it's a fight and he worked so hard to do what was right and when you lose that and you feel like you failed even to God you get in this place where you feel like well I should just be the devil I think I am now. Cody says he should just keep this to himself he doesn't want Robin to see this and he doesn't want her to know how dark he has gotten. Believe me, she knows. The whole fucking world knows. Cody is so angry now, in my opinion, because he really has a very fragile ego and he wants to be seen as a hero, as this great husband, as this great father. And, you know, the whole world really sees him as a villain, as a monster, as a man-child, as a fragile, fragile being with no self-awareness, hiding behind the facade of a fragile ego His wives left, his kids distanced themselves, and he thought all this time he was hiding his bad side when it was there this whole time. We all saw it. He fooled no one. We all saw it. And now he's coping with the world realizing how fucked up he is and who he is and who he is mask off. What he shows with his behavior isn't how he wants to be seen or how he thought the world saw him. And he's angry about that. And Cody's wives didn't do this to him. His kids didn't do this to him. Cody did this all himself by his own hand with his behavior, with his words. Cody is his own worst enemy. He did this to himself. He's a walking red flag and he's not emotionally stable. He's not self-aware. He isn't healthy upstairs in a good mindset and he still wants to be hateful and play the victim and blame and deflect and manipulate and project and he still shirks accountability. And until Cody realizes he is the problem, his personality issues are the problem, nothing will ever improve for him or for the people around him. Robin now is stuck with him and she enabled Cody, she enabled this monster by managing him, by feigning their respect and obedience, by coddling his ego. She let him play the hero. She walked on eggshells. She grew the monster and now she is stuck dealing with it. She made her bed and it sucks for her, but she contributed to this and she continues to enable him while also complaining about how, oh, it's hard for her. If she wants to, she can stop managing Cody and coddling him and making her kids walk on eggshells with her and she can make him get help or he can have no one. But she won't do that. The shop lady routine will get old quick. Her kids will grow and one day she will have taken more than she can take 
and Cody will be old and alone if it keeps continuing. That's probably how this will go, in my opinion. Now, Cody tells Nathan that he thinks that Nathan probably didn't share all of his darkest thoughts with him, and Nathan doesn't think anyone shares that. Cody seems really unstable and unhinged, and these unmentionable dark thoughts for Cody, I wonder what they are, and frankly, it's scary what someone on the edge like this could be capable of if they just snapped, in my opinion. I feel like that would be scary. Now, Nathan tells Cody not to let this overwhelm him and to take hope in the fact that he isn't acting out on that. Now, I have a feeling that the dark thoughts thoughts Cody are capable of go way beyond what most people who don't have Cody's personality traits would think in their darkest times. It's scary. If I were Cody or his family, I would want him to get help immediately because he really gives a vibe to me at least that he could snap anytime, that you never know from him one second to the next what would make him flip or where his mind is at or what emotion he's going to go into next. He really needs to get a grip on his mind. He needs to learn how to control his mind get a grip on his mind, get a grip on his emotions, because it looks to me like his mind, his mental state, his emotions, his toxicity, that controls him. Cody can't even master his own mind, but he wants to control his family. I've always find that to be really interesting. Cody should really be talking with a professional, in my opinion, but nothing's going to help him unless he realizes that he is the problem. We've seen how Cody acts on camera, so I can only imagine privately what he is like when he's on edge, when he's full of rage. I wonder, you know, how does he act? And we don't know, but I really don't think it's anything healthy or positive or good. Nathan says that he looks back on his experience when his wife left him and he definitely wouldn't have wanted it filmed. He wouldn't have come out shining and he says he would have been very messy. Cody says there is a difficulty in saving a relationship when it seems like it would be easier to just let it go and move on to find something else that is no longer broken. See, this is like what Cody does with his kids. When the relationships get more complex, more complicated, more inconvenient, when they're less convenient, when Cody is no longer the hero and it's just easy, what did Cody do with his kids? He focused on Robin and her kids instead, where he got to be the knight in shining armor. And he stopped investing in those relationships, in those kids, in those wives who he saw as difficult, as less than easy. He saw Robin and her kids as unbroken. And he went to them where he got to feel like the hero. And he just cast everything else aside as, oh, that's broken. It's too hard. Oh, it's broken. Cody got to be the knight in shining armor at Robin's house. He invested there and he stopped investing in those relationships. All those other relationships he saw as broken. Instead, he just put all of his energy where it was easier and more convenient for him, where it was unbroken. And Cody did this with his wives too. When he had an issue with a wife, he would focus on a wife who was more convenient for him. And Cody always picks the easiest way. He puts himself ahead of his wives and his kids. What's easiest for him, what feels good for him. 
If it's difficult, any relationship at all, he discards it. He moves on and he focuses on whatever relationship is easiest and most convenient for him. And soon Robin will become inconvenient and Robin will become broken. Robin will become too hard. She'll become broken too. He'll want other options, more convenient options. Wait and see. He won't be happy with just one option when he realizes it's, there's fighting with Robin. It's inconvenient. He has nowhere else to go. He was going to want some way to motivate Robin to stay convenient for him. So in his mind, he'll probably want to take more wives or start courting or some bullshit like that. And when that doesn't work out, when it doesn't work out, when shit hits the fan because it will hit the fan then too, because Cody is still Cody, he won't realize, hey, maybe he's the problem. It will be the wife. It will be their problem. It will be polygamy. It will never be him that's the problem. Cody says there is an urge to just break it all and start again somewhere else. This is, of course, exactly what Cody did with his family. He broke it all and created a family with Robin. And in the beginning, Christine said she feared Cody was replacing his family with Robin and her kids. And that's what Cody did. He broke it all. And when Cody breaks what he has with Robin, he will cast her off as being broken and he will never realize he is the problem. Cody was inconvenienced by his family, so he focused on Robin and her kids. It was easy. He got to be the hero. It was perfect for him because he got his supply. And soon it will be difficult with Robin, and he will break it all and start something new. Why? Because it's easier for him. Whether Cody takes new wives, whether he just walks away if something gets hard, Cody's out no matter what the situation, if it gets hard. Hard for him. It all comes down to Cody prioritizing himself and his convenience. Cody, at the end of the day, loves Cody. Cody prioritizes Cody. Cody will always come before everyone else, even his wife or her kids. No matter what Cody moves on to after he discards, He will always break it because he is the broken one. He is the problem. He is the common denominator in all of his failed relationships. But Cody doesn't get it. He could marry a new wife tomorrow. Give it a year or two. It will break. Anything Cody touches will break. He is the poison. Nathan tells Cody they have two choices. They can sit there and say, well, it's all crap and throw up their hands. Or they can fight and win and believe in redemption. Cody's response to Nathan is he has his two youngest and Cody says they are still loving him back. And Cody says he tells himself what a stupid thought it is to want to run from this when the only thing that loves him. Now he calls his two kids the only thing that loves him. The only thing that loves him still He's abandoning. If every relationship isn't 100% ideal and perfect for Cody, that means in his mind that they don't love him. The way Cody processes things is, well, my kids don't 100% agree with me on this or that, or they don't like the way I treat their mom, so that means they don't love me at all. They don't love me anymore. No, the love is still there. That's not how love works. 
Love doesn't mean you're always perfect in a person's eyes. If you truly, 100% genuinely love a person, when they're wrong, you're going to tell them that they're wrong and you're still going to love them deeply. That's not going to go away. That's not how love works. And Cody thinking that his two kids, Saul and Ari, love him still. They love him. All kids think their father is a hero and then they grow up and they see their parents' fault and then they criticize those things or they might get in fights with them. They might butt heads. They might have issues. But the love is still there. It's not that perfect, easy, convenient hero love, but the love is still there. Cody's problem is he wants it to be this perfect, easy, convenient hero love all the time. That's not how love works. That's not how any relationship works. It's sad that even Cody's kids are a supply to him, his supply. And when it's not this perfect supply that's easy and convenient where he gets to be this perfect hero, then it's, they don't love him anymore. It's black or white. There's no in between. This is crazy. It's wild. What's really gross is Cody would consider in his darkest thoughts abandoning his kids because he knows that his supply won't be perfect anymore. Because he's not getting the love and admiration and the supply out of his kids, they're there to give him his supply. If it's not perfect, if it's not convenient, if it's not him being the absolute hero and this ideal version of perfect love 24-7 all the time where everything is just perfect the way he needs and he's getting what he needs out of it, then that's it. It's discard. These are his children. That's super fucked up. That's super fucked up. Cody's kids don't deserve that. None of his kids, including Robin's kids. Remember when Cody mentioned how betrayed he is by Janelle, how betrayed he is by everyone earlier? This kind of shit right here, this is betrayal. How do you even talk about the lives you created because they're not giving you your supply and it's not perfect and you're not the hero because you're not getting that supply in such an ideal, perfect way that suits you? You're going to consider that you would abandon them because you're not getting what you want out of them, the feeling that you want out of them? That's gross. Humans are not objects to serve you and your ego, and your supply. Cody only loves his kids when they see him as a hero, when they're convenient for him, when they bolster his ego, when they provide his supply. Cody knows that his kids are going to get to a point where they don't see him as perfect, and then it'll sour, and Cody knows when it sours, inevitably, with Robin, with the kids, he knows that she isn't always convenient already, and he isn't willing to do anything but be appeased and be coddled and nothing will ever make Cody happy. You know, Cody could marry two wives and have perfect relationships and get this ideal uh, supply from them constantly and he would still be a miserable person because I don't believe that Cody loves himself. Cody doesn't love himself. He's insecure. In my opinion, he doesn't have very much self-worth. Cody doesn't understand that he is the problem. And no matter who he is with, no matter what relationships he builds, he will burn it all down because he's only serving his ego and his sick mind and his ego masks how insecure he is on the inside. Cody's probably like 50 something and he doesn't even know who he is. Just has zero self-awareness. And even if the whole world catered to Cody and they adored him the way he wanted to be adored and they coddled him and it was this perfect ideal thing where he was the hero. Cody would still be miserable 
even if everyone was perfect and ideal and obedient. He would still be angry. He'd still be miserable because Cody isn't happy with himself. And I doubt that he loves himself. And now it's to the point where he can't control his own mind. He can't control his emotions. And he refuses to acknowledge that the problem isn't with all those people he cut out of his life. The problem isn't that they are broken or that it's broken. The problem is he is broken. And it's really sad. Honestly, it is sad. It is sad. This guy has so much love around him. So many people. There are so many people who have no one at all. And he has all of these people and they love him and they genuinely cared for him. Christine cared about Cody. Janelle cared about Cody. Mary cared about Cody. They were real with him. When Cody made mistakes, they were honest with him. They had his back because they love him. They didn't just walk on eggshells and kiss his ass to manage him, manage his out of control emotions. They actually had his back. They were actually loyal. And Cody thinks... He won because he cut everyone out, because he got what he wanted. He freed himself from the obstacles to his goals in life. But he has never looked more miserable and more out of control. Cody continues down this path. He will lose Robin and her kids too. Cody considers in his darkest thoughts walking away from his kids with Robin. He resents the people who love him. Because he doesn't think, in my opinion, that he's worthy of love. And I really don't think, I think this ego is a big mask and I don't think Cody loves himself. If he loved himself, he would be able to accept all of that love, all of the real love, instead of pushing everyone away. And when I talk about love, I'm talking about real love. Love where you tell a person the truth whether it's positive or negative, whether it's what they want to hear or not, where you have their back because you love them that much. Not the shop lady bullshit. Cody pushes everyone away because it's broken. He resents everyone who gives him love, the real love. I think he does it because deep down he hates himself and he can cut everyone out of his life. He can move on and on and on a million times. He will have the same issues because he is the problem. He is the issue. He is the broken man. And only he can come to terms with his issues. Only he can realize that he is the problem. And only he can have the drive to solve it. Cody says he has this gut feeling. He wants to run away from his life. He wants to escape. He wants to change his name. He wants to disappear and be somebody else. He hates his life right now. All this guy does is complain and bitch and whine. He has more than most people have in life. He has a beautiful home. He has multiple cars. He has good clothes, good family, food, roof, bills, everything he wants. He even gets a TV show. He gets this and that. He has everything he possibly could need in life. More than a lot of people. Some people don't even have family at all. Does he understand that? Does he realize that? And instead of really having gratitude for what he has, which is more than a lot of people have in so many respects, he wants to sit and complain. He wants to run away from it because it's hard, because it's inconvenient. I thought he said he was an alpha male. I thought he said he was a leader. He was the head of this family and he wants to run away. Why is it that Cody acts like a pussy? He acted this way. He did this behavior. He caused all of this destruction with his behavior 
And now, oh, I want to run away from it. I broke everything. Oh my God. Oh, I feel so bad for myself. This is beyond sad and tired and pathetic. Honestly, I, I just, I can't. Maybe instead of running away from everything and I want to change my name and I want to hide, take accountability for the mistakes you made. People will respect you more. Go get help. People will respect you more. Be a good person. Try and repair the relationships that you fucked up. You can't fix everything, but you might be able to fix some of them. Some of your kids still left half the bridge out for you, for you to cross over. Some of the kids are still willing to work with you. Work with them. Take accountability. Help yourself. Count your blessings. Appreciate. Have gratitude for what you have, which is more than a lot of people have. Oh, I hate my life. I hate this. I want to change my name. I hate my life. <laughs> Count your fucking blessings. What the fuck? Robin says that she always wanted to live plural marriage. And this is what she is invested in. So for Cody to question it, to her, it feels like a deal breaker for their marriage. It isn't what their marriage agreement is. And Robin says she would be devastated if Cody decided to leave her. She knows that he has these thoughts and she says you can't make anybody stay, but she knows Cody would regret leaving everything behind. Robin says she knows that this is from pain. It's not because Cody is a selfish or bad person. He's just in a lot of pain. Next, Christine and her kids show up at Janelle's rental to celebrate their second Christmas together. And Christine says having everybody together in the same place feels very festive. Christine says it's very cute to see the kids together again. And it is. I have to say, like, I was like, aw, at the TV. It's super adorable. The kids and Christine are all, like, playing in the snow, having a snowball fight, having this fucking amazing time. It's peaceful, it's joyful, it's fun, just good vibes. There's no tension, there's no walking on eggshells, there's no hot, cold, hot, cold, emotions, emotions everywhere, vomit. It's everything's beautiful. Gabe thinks that they have a completely whole relationship still with Christine and her kids. And seeing Janelle and Christine and their kids all playing together in the snow, just being happy, being joyful together, without the stress, without the negativity, without the toxicity. That really is the heart of the family that once was. And that family and that heart of the family, it's really amazing how that stays intact even as the family breaks apart and falls around Cody. His family, that family, that core family, that heart of that family is still there and thriving and they're thriving without Cody. And that's really beautiful. And that's a testament to really the relationship between Christine and Janelle and all of their kids and Christine really being the heart of the family. And I think that's a very beautiful thing because you don't always know how a divorce will work out. And to see that still intact, it's just a testimony to really how strong those relationships were in the family and what Christine and Janelle and the kids all mean to each other. I would love to see that spinoff show. I would love to just not have to ever see Cody or Robin or their toxicity on my TV screen. I would be all here for it if they did a spinoff. Gabe feels like his dad and Robin didn't make enough effort this year and he definitely feels, he says, not slighted by them, but he feels absolutely neglected by them. So again, Gabe says, his dad and Robin didn't make enough effort this year 
and he definitely feels absolutely neglected by them. Robin says that Janelle's boys didn't want to be around her or her kids or Cody for Christmas. And Robin says, oh, it was heartbreaking for her. Imagine how Savannah felt on Christmas with no contact from her father as a punishment because he's pissed at Janelle. Imagine how that felt. Now, Robin says if she thought for one second that they were open to it, she would have pushed and made it happen. Really? Is that so? I don't think so. Is that so Goblin would have pushed? I don't think so. I remember when Mary was planning Christmas Eve, she herself actually preferred to invite Janelle and Janelle's kids. And Robin and Cody made a very big ordeal about it. And Robin was worried about a possible scene being made. And Cody preferred not to have them there. He wanted to be with the people who love him and who wouldn't be controversial. And so Robin and Cody together basically convinced Mary not to have Janelle and her kids there more or less, even though Mary wanted that. So Robin really didn't want it. Robin cares more about herself and her kids having a wonderful, ideal Christmas than she does about the family getting together. If it would mean anything possibly, even tangentially upsetting her kids. Her kids come before everyone else. This is such bullshit. I mean, if Robin cares, why didn't she tell Cody to text Janelle and ask for peace for 15 minutes to drive over to the rental so Cody could see his kids and maybe drop presents? No drama, just a 15-minute truce on Christmas. Why didn't Cody reach out to Savannah on Christmas? Why not even a text? All of this is bullshit. Cody put more effort into making his nasty-ass crap than he did in calling his kids or texting them or reaching out on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Now, Cody says they decided on a separate Christmas without him and without Robin and Mary. So now Christmas has passed, but McKelty, Truly, and Isabel are in town, and they are going to have a Christmas over at Robin's house. And Savannah, of course, wasn't invited. Now, Janelle says there has been no communication from Cody at all about Savannah. Savannah hasn't said she wants to see her dad, and Cody also hasn't called and invited her over. And Cody knows her siblings are going over, but he didn't think to maybe call Savannah. That's disgusting. Now, Janelle thinks Cody should call Savannah to see her. She doesn't think Savannah should be chasing Cody around or that Savannah should be having to ask to see him. I'm sure, especially knowing her siblings are going over, but she wasn't invited over. Why should she chase her father? Her father should be the one calling her, chasing her. He's the parent. Sin explains that McKelty is neutral with the whole family. She likes to get along with everyone. She says McKelty is the bridge in the family. Robin says that Christine said she didn't want a relationship with her or her kids before she left Cody. And Robin says if Christine wanted a relationship with her kids or her kids wanted a relationship with Christine, she would bless it. She would be fine with it. Christine never said that. Robin interpreted it that way, and that's on her. That's not on Christine. And Christine corrected her, and Robin still repeats her misinformation in her delusional mind, in her perception, and that's how she perceives it. Oh, it's Christmas with Isabel Truly and McKelty over at Robin and Cody's house. Cody is opening presents with McKelty, Isabel and Truly, and Robin's kids. 
I really want to know why wasn't Savannah invited and included in this. I think it's rude as fuck. It's cruel. It's very unfair. Savannah's sisters are invited and she isn't. Why is that? Why is that exactly? Is it because Cody is pissed at her mom? You know, that's really emotionally abusive and that's really fucked up and it's really cruel. It's very hurtful to Savannah who did nothing to Cody. Why is Cody being cruel and punishing Savannah because he is fighting with her mom? That's a huge dick move. That's a huge dick move. Now, Robin explains that they were opening presents and Cody really wanted Robin to sit on his lap and Robin didn't want to make a big scene. She didn't want to upset Christine's kids with the PDA and flaunting it all up in their face. And it's a very weird flex for Cody to want to flex. He wants to flaunt this affection with Robin. He asked Robin 10 million times to sit with him and she said no and he stood up and he got her to make a big show on purpose and I really think it's creepy as fuck. And he was doing the same thing kind of around Mary as well and Robin mentioned not wanting to flaunt it in front of Mary. Now Cody knows it might upset his kids and he doesn't care. In Cody's sick mind, I think he probably thinks that the girls will go tell their mom how affectionate Cody was with Robin and like maybe that their mom will get jealous or something. Um, fuck no. Christine is way over Cody. She has a real man, but it's very twisted that Cody wants to rub his affection with Robin in Mary's face and in his other kids' faces as well. That's very strange. That's very, very strange. Now, Cody isn't that optimistic right now. He says they're coming out of the holidays and it's been the hardest year of his life. Cody doesn't know what his family will look like a year from now. And he says this whole breakup thing and the fight with Janelle, it's leaving him in pretty deep sorrow. Cody is struggling to reach out to his kids anymore. He says it's because Janelle's household is the source of his pain. with this guy I can't and he expects people to take him seriously and to care Cody wants a good Christmas and he says he's present he's centered with Robin and her kids as best as he can be because he wants a good Christmas that he can enjoy Cody says he knows there are some things he has to change but he isn't ready and it's not the best but it's the place he's in at this moment And he says, there'll be other Christmases. Fuck how my other kids feel. Fuck if I ignored them. Fuck it. Who cares if I didn't contact them? Who cares? Ah, there's other Christmases. Again, that's bullshit. Cody puts his own feelings and his ego ahead of what is best for his kids and their well-being. He didn't even reach out even through text to Savannah. And he is blaming this on his pain because he fought with Janelle. Man up. Grow some balls. Put your kids ahead of yourself for once in your life. No one gives a fuck about Cody's pain. What about the pain Cody causes his kids, Janelle's kids, his other kids, in the family? Holy fuck. This man is nuts. It's hard to even respect him at all with his behaviors, with the way he acts, with the way he whinges on and on about his hurt fifis. What about the way he makes other people in his family feel and the way he hurts them? When is he going to talk about that? 
really is hard to respect him at all. It really is. Cody honestly cares more about himself enjoying his Christmas than he does about taking two seconds to call or text his kids on Christmas and the pain that it caused them, that he completely neglected them. His enjoyment of the holiday takes precedence over any pain he might cause his kids. So what if his kids feel neglected? Who cares? His fifis are hurt. What a fucking loser. What a joke this is. Like seriously, what a joke this guy is. Next time on Sister Wives, season 18, episode 5, when the going gets tough. Robin tells Mary, plural marriage is just hard. And she felt like Cody wasn't spending enough time at her house. That's some fuckery. Mary looks at Robin like she is the cray cray bitch that she is. And Christine says, Robin knew that Cody was over at her house more than anybody else. And Christine says she couldn't trust Robin. Janelle says at this point, she and Cody are separated and she hasn't talked to Cody or seen him, but she still has her religious beliefs. So she can't just say that she'll go find somebody else. That doesn't work for her religiously. So technically, she and Cody are undefined, but they are probably still married at this point. Mary is making some big changes next episode, and she says, peace out, sayonara, bitches. Cody says, too many lines have been crossed. He doesn't want to live like this anymore. And Robin needs a reason why her family got blown to smithereens. Cody's reason one and she's reason two. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Robin is still saying she wasn't the favorite, that Cody wasn't at her house most of the time. Now she's saying he wasn't there enough. What is the goblin smoking? Because I want some. Wow. Robin is definitely living in her own delusional reality if she believes a word of that. That is fucking insane. That is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.